Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. The 2021 Summer League is officially underway and we're bringing you all the latest from Las Vegas, including one-on-one -on -one interviews with a couple of Thunder newcomers and our takeaways from the Thunder's first Summer League game. Let's dive right in. It's the Thunder Basketball Universe. Summer League is officially rocking and rolling, and our very own Nick Gallo is in Las Vegas holding the TBU crew down over there. Nick, I just want to know what are the vibes like in the first few days of Summer League? What have you seen? What have you heard? What has it been like over there? Well, I'm, I'm keeping things warm over here for you for when you jump in uh, on your half of the trip here on Thursday. Uh, and speaking of warm, Paris, it is just blistering hot. I recommend you do any of your outside time before about 9 a.m. Okay, um, I've, been, I've been getting some good exercise in uh, very early. You know, we, we got in, we came to Pacific time zone. And that first day, yeah. I was up at like 6.15 in the morning, ready to rock and roll. Um, <laughs> but no, it's been great. It's been great. Um, it, you know, the gyms and the hotels have a, a lot of great air conditioning. So we're in, we're in good shape. And we've been able to watch some live basketball with fans in the building uh, players out there, you know, given it, they're all trying to make their NBA careers, um, get off to a good start, um, went to practice with the team. So it's been great to just be around the crew. Um, obviously it's a little bit, you know, different than a couple years ago. Um, when, when we were around the team more often, just still some COVID protocols and some different things, but all in all Paris, uh, I'm excited for you to get out here because, uh, you're just gonna, you're gonna eat it up. I have to imagine there's a lot of excitement just around everybody that has been to summer league before, obviously no summer league last season. And so even though things might look a little bit different, I have to imagine that there's just a lot of energy in that building with fans who can actually sit there and watch these guys play. A ton of buzz. And when you're inside the Thomas and Mack center or, or Cox pavilion here at UNLV's campus, the two gyms where the summer league games are being played, your head is spinning if you're a basketball guy or a basketball girl because you are seeing players, you're seeing GMs, you're seeing staffers, you're seeing everybody under the sun that works in the NBA realm. They're here. All 30 teams are here. Guys are coming into the building just to watch their teammates play, to watch random games. Um, and as we saw the other night uh, in the Thunder's first game against the Detroit Pistons, almost the entire Thunder roster, the, all the veterans were there sitting courtside. It was so cool, Paris. And, and you see the fans and the kids coming up to the guys asking for autographs and wanting to shake people's hands. And, you know, everybody is, is coming up to Shea Gildas Alexander and just telling him congratulations on the extension that he just signed. So um, it, it was so cool. And I think it was extra cool as we've talked to some of the players uh, who are on the Thunder Summer League roster to see that level of support mm -hmm. from the, the veteran guys on the team. I have to imagine that feels really, really nice as a young player who just now joined this Thunder roster to see that your teammates, they're there for you. They got your back and they're ready to support you in whatever you're about to do. So speaking of which, Gallo, let's talk about this first game that the Thunder played on Sunday against the Detroit Pistons, who had the number one overall pick in the 2021 NBA draft. That meant Kay Cunningham was in action for them as well. But this was the first opportunity that any of us got a chance to see the Thunder's four draft picks in action. Trey Mann, Josh Giddy, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and Aaron Wiggins all in action, as well as some returning players. You had a guy like Teo Maladon. And I want to start here because Teo this is the first time that we saw him in this sort of capacity where he was 
the more seasoned person out there on the floor. He was running the show, he was taking the lead and he was being that kind of head of the snake quarterbacking everything that was happening out there on the floor. And he did a pretty good job, logged a double-double, 15 points, 11 assists and Gallo only two turnovers. Yeah, well, Paris, you know, everybody tuned into that game to get a glimpse at a point guard. And what they didn't realize is they were getting a look at the 20-year-old Teo Maladone, the double-double, the incredible assist to turnover ratio, and more than anything, just watching the game, watching what was happening in between the lines beyond the box score. Teo was assertive. He was in control. He was getting the Thunder into offense very quickly. He was doing things just like recognizing when there was a a corner that was open and, and going to that side of the floor and getting into a quick pick and roll before the opposing team's defense was even set. And the Pistons got caught a number of times with Teo working side pick and roll with Oscar Da Silva, who's a, a, a center for the Thunder Summer League team. And Teo was able to manufacture some very easy bu- buckets in a game where offense was at a premium because that was a, a defensive struggle. Neither team shot very well from the three-point line. And yet the Thunder managed to come back from a 15-point first quarter deficit by just hitting singles. And that's something that Teo is really good at for this team is the ability to get something good on offense each trip Mm -hmm. down and just, you know, chip away and and take small bites at the apple. Making the right play as often as possible, not necessarily going for hero plays or anything like that, but making the right play consistently. And that's what Teo did a really good job of. I want to piggyback on something that you mentioned, and that was the connections that he was able to make out there on the floor. And you mentioned Oscar Da Silva. I want to talk about his connection with Jeremiah Robinson Earl, because those two connected on multiple occasions. In fact, six of the six made baskets that Jeremiah Robinson Earl made, five of them were assisted by Teo. And so I thought it was really interesting to see one for Teo, his ability to maintain or to cultivate these sort of connections and build this chemistry with guys who he just recently met and to do all of that as only a second year player in this league, I think speaks highly of Teo and his abilities as a point guard. No doubt about it. I mean, he, he talked about trying to connect with those guys, but Jeremiah Robinson Earl, big body, big target, big hands, <laughs> yep. good hands. Those are the things that, that you want from a guy in that position. He's kind of that, that's, you know, small ball center power forward somewhere in that range. He can be a fluid player for this team. The thing that stood out to me about Jeremiah Paris, and and I'm really curious to get your take on this because you wrote a feature for OKCThunder.com that just dropped about Jeremiah, but I loved what he did on the defensive side of the ball. He hung back in the lane, he played that drop coverage, but then he was also very active in being able to blow some things up. At one point, he knocked away a would-be lob dunk. So uh, I just wanted to get your perspective on him as an overall player because, yes, he finished uh, some really great plays down low, seemed to have a knack for when to cut, when to dive to the hoop, scored on a a baseline out-of-bounds play. But the defensive side of the ball is what seemed to be really, really good uh, in terms of his performance. It was a lot of really, like, heady plays on the defensive end. It wasn't necessarily, yes, he had a couple of those flashy, broke up a dunk, like all of those sort of situations. But – at his size, his ability to kind of anticipate and be in the right spot at the right time was really on display. There wasn't necessarily, yes, he had to work through a couple of fouls early on in that first quarter. And I think, you know, with any player that you're just, your first time playing for the Thunder, you're getting used to everything and there's a lot of stuff happening. 
that's to be expected. But I think once he settled into the coverages, once he settled into the game and the rhythm of the game, you could start to see that that IQ was really coming forward. He was just always like where he needed to be on that defensive end. And I think that's something that I want to look for kind of throughout the rest of this summer league is how that plays out in multiple different scenarios. We've talked about with him before his ability and his versatility at his size. He moves his feet really well. He's uh, obviously a very cerebral player and also very physical. And so he has that ability to hold his own against bigger bigger players, but also to be an impact player kind of out there on the perimeter with some of those smaller, smaller perimeter players. So I'm interested to see how that plays out throughout summer league, but first take first reaction first thing I saw and recognized was this guy is making smart defensive plays and he's in the right spot at the right time so that was really good to see Nick going a little bit backwards to Teo you're there in person and one thing that stuck out to me was Teo was making very strong plays to the rim and he alluded to in his press his press conference after the game that he was lifting twice a day during the offseason how much did he look bigger to you in person did could you tell that he had put on a little bit of muscle definitely yeah he he for sure looks more solid than he did last year which is saying something because for a 19 year old rookie Teo had an NBA body last year Mm -hmm. and so to see him maybe transform even himself even more coming into this summer league experience is really encouraging to see we all know at the point guard position Paris I mean, you got to have broad shoulders. You got you to knock into screeners 80 times a night. And yes. so to be able to fight through those screens, to be able to take those forearm shivers and, and those hard screens, you've got to be able to, to have sort of the, the requisite thickness and, and size that you need there. And so um, to see that from Teo, I thought that was great. Very early on, he had a hard charging layup. He barreled down through, through the lane, took the contact and finished at the rim. Uh, those are the types of things that the Thunder saw some of last season. Yep. And then, you know, he really talked about after the game, wanting to do that on a more consistent basis and to, to be able to string positive play after positive play after positive play together. And if he has a negative play to bounce back with a positive play very shortly thereafter. He's got that mentality kind of already. We've seen that just throughout his rookie season as well. Very level-headed, always wants to make the right play. So there's not really a ton of concern in that department that Teo won't be able to accomplish that. Let's talk about another guard, Nick. And I'm interested to see your take on this because Trey Mann, this was his first opportunity to be out on the floor for the Thunder. And we saw that athleticism, that quickness on full display. What were your initial thoughts when you saw him in action? Well, just, you know, he clearly has the first step that you need at the guard position. He has the ability to create separation. One thing that stood out to me is that he got off 14 shots. Now he didn't make as many of them as he likely will. A number of them were halfway down in and out. Um, But to be able to get off that many shots in a summer league game, which is a shortened amount of time to be able to find that separation to get the looks, get to his spots. I think that's very encouraging to see out of a playmaker and a scorer like that. And and you mentioned this with Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Uh, Trey, I I talked to him uh, since we've been here and he said it took him a minute to get kind of his feet under him. It had been Mm -hmm. two years since he'd played in front of fans. And so this was all a little bit of a reacclimation for everybody. You have to, I forget oftentimes that these guys, it's been a minute, especially for these guys coming out of college since they've played in front of a crowd. And, you know, that can be kind of an overwhelming sensation, especially 
when the next time you play in front of a crowd is on an NBA stage. So taking that into account, especially for a young player like Trey is really important. Yeah, I had a chance to sit down with him for a one-on-one interview here in Vegas. So let's take a listen to what he had to say here. We're here at Summer League with Trey Mann, the number 18 pick in the 2021 NBA draft for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Out here in Vegas, Summer League, your first Summer League, your first time being able to wear an NBA jersey. Trey, what has this felt like for you? I mean, it's just been amazing. Um, Can't really describe the feeling. Um, That's something that I dreamed about my whole life, putting on an NBA jersey. And then um, being out, being able to come out there and play with all the fans back. We haven't played in, in front of fans for like two years. So, I mean, it was just amazing. You know, I went out there, I had fun. Um, we got the win, so it was a great night. Yeah, just, just tell me about being on the floor, playing against, you know, an elevated level of competition, playing with some of your teammates for the first time outside of a practice setting. Well, my whole thing, my whole life was being able to play with and against the best players. Uh, that's why I dreamed of playing in the NBA for so long. I want to be the best, and I want to play against the best. So um, I, I was I was great. Um, I feel like the, the jitters were out there a little bit for me. Uh, but towards the end of the game, I kind of got got used to it, used to the speed, used to the flow. Um, didn't really see too many shots fall for me. That wasn't it wasn't as planned. But um, hopefully next game I can go out there and make some shots. But I'm um, playing against these or playing with these group of guys. Um, it's been fun, you know. Um, the, the guys who were there last year, they kind of talked to us a little bit, let us know what we should be doing, what we should expect, and then um, playing with the other rookies. Um, we all just here for the same reason, like we just ready to play basketball and we excited. So The thing that stands out is your first step, your ability to separate, the ability to, to get off shots at six foot five. Will you tell me a little bit about just uh, the work that you put into your footwork, to your ball handling, to your ability to get to your spots and then rise up and get shots off? Yeah, um, footwork and ball handling, that was something that I was working on since I was in the fifth grade. Um, my mentor, Mike Williams, that was something he preached to us. Uh, guards got to be able to dribble. Um, and you, if you want to be a scorer, you got to have good footwork. Uh, watch Kobe Bryant and things like that. And then um, being able to create space. I don't know, I think it's just my feel for the game, being able to read defenders. Um, and then just my ability to, to change direction, change speed um, really helps me out a lot. Um, and it's just something that I've been doing, like since the seventh or eighth grade, I've always been like the crafty guy being able to, you know, create space to, to get up shots. Definitely the craftiness. But one thing, it, it seems like you're not afraid to kind of stick your nose in there and, and make the hard nose plays. We saw some acrobatic finishes and, and your willingness to kind of take that contact at the guard position. How important is that to, to be able to play with physicality as well? Um, I, just, I feel like it's very important, especially at this level. Um, guys are stronger, more physical. Um, and that's my goal. I want to get to where other guys are in the league. So I know you got to get stronger. Well, I got to get stronger and I got to be able to, to make those plays, sacrifice my body for the team uh, to win games. Um, I took a charge the other night. Uh, I didn't really think I was going to come in taking charges in my first summer league game. But I mean, I was in a position to do it. And I'm not like you said, I'm not scared to, to stick my nose in there and make those plays. So uh, I just did that. That's something that I've been doing since high school. Uh, Coach McDowell uh, at the Villages, he talked about taking charges, making those winning plays. I took that to college. I took charges in college. And um, you know, I was just in the same position the other night, so I just I just took it. It was just second nature, it looked like, out there. You just were in position, and you did it. Speaking of defense, you know, you've gotten some practices in with the Thunder so far. What are you learning about NBA defense, some of the, the core responsibilities that you'll have on that end of the floor? 
Yeah, it's a lot different in college, um, both offense and defense. But for defense, um, you know, it's just being it's, it's about being tough, like wanting to do the things like get over screens or not get screens, just wanting to. And that's what um, Coach Eric, Eric Maynard, he's been my guy. Like we watch film together. That's what he talked to me about. Um, how many times can I fight over a screen and get back to the ball a game? Like that's what's going to keep you on the floor. So um, they make it important, so I try to make it important too. So that's what I, I've been doing. I've been working on my defense a lot, um, fighting over screens, trying not to get screen, and then off ball screens are, are tough because you got to be, you know, attached to the person early so you don't get hit by screens. And that's that's different from college because in college it was more, you got to be in help off your man, not hugging. But um, that right now they want me to be on my man so I can chase them off the screen. So it's kind of uh, difficult or different. Um, adjusting from from that part, but I mean, it, it was it was easy for me to to adjust from high school to college. So I think I'll do good adjusting from college to NBA. And a ton of support from the Thunder coaching staff to help you along that journey. You mentioned Eric Maynard, a former Thunder guard. Uh, I looked at the crowd the other night, and the whole front row was basically veteran Thunder players. What did that mean to you to see Shea Gildas Alexander, Mike Muscala, Darius Baisley, Ludor, all of these guys that were sitting there supporting you all? I mean, it was cool. Um, it just showed how much of a family this organization is, how, how much the players care about each other, and just, just that we're a team and a family. Um, they came came in the locker room after the game, dapped us up, congratulated us on the win. So it just feel good knowing that you have like all of the support. Because you hear stories where people say, oh, the NBA is it's a job, like you by yourself, teammates don't really like you and things like that. You hear all those stories growing up. But I mean, I think I'm in a perfect place where it's a, it's a family organization. So that was, that was really good. You've got four more games here in Las Vegas. Uh, what are you maybe looking to do? What do you want to try to continue to do on the floor? I, I know it's not about the results or about uh, the box score, but you know, in between the lines, what are some of the things that you're really trying to get better at day by day? No, right now I'm just trying to, you know, get the feel for the game, uh, adjust to the speed, the different plays, uh, defense, like fighting over screens and things like that. I'm just trying to learn as much as I can right now so to carry over to training camp and then carry over to the to the season. Um, I mean, the next couple of games, I'm, I'm hoping to make more shots than I did the first game, but I'm, I'm going to go out there the same way. I'm going to be aggressive. Um, I'm going to hunt my shot. If I feel like I'm open, I'm going to shoot it. Um, I just want to see some shots fall and just get you know, into the flow of the NBA game. Last thing for you, we're less than two months away from the start of training camp for the beginning of the 2021-22 NBA season. How much are you looking forward to that? I know you're trying to stay in the present, be in the moment here, but um, what are your feelings just about the fact that we're not too far away from the real deal starting? Yeah, I'm excited for it. I mean, I try to stay in the moment, like you said, but I mean, it's hard to, to not think about things like that, like you're getting closer to your first NBA game. I feel like every step is closer to that. So, I mean, I'm excited for training camp. I'm ready to get in and work with all the guys, like meet them um, and just see like what our, our team going to look like. Well, Trey, thank you so much for taking the time here in Las Vegas. Good luck the rest of the way here and moving forward back in Oklahoma City. Appreciate you. Well, I just want to thank Nick Gallo for teasing the article that will, that is up right now on OKCThunder.com about Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I wrote this article just headlining and talking about his mentality as a player and where that comes from. Nick, I, I feel like I saw it in action 
in that first summer league game, his mentality of wanting to do the right things, the small things and the selfless things out there on the floor that don't necessarily show up in the stat sheet, even though, yes, he had a pretty great performance in terms of the numbers. You could tell that he also valued those things off the floor as well. He just seems to be prepared to become a professional. And I think that's what's come across in your article um, and just the conversations that we've had with him since he got drafted um, a couple of weeks ago, he was prepared under Jay Wright at Villanova to be a professional, to care about the things that matter at the professional level. And he's exhibiting a lot of those things, being in the right positions, being able to move the ball from one side of the floor to the other, being able to finish at the rim. I mean, it's one thing to, to get to the spot and get to the bucket, but you got to be able to finish when you're there too, because you know, the guys, they want to see the guards. They want to see the big men finish, finish those buckets. They don't want those assists falling by the wayside. Yeah. And one thing that really stood out to me and Nick, you and I talked to Jeremiah after his introductory press conference and being a part of those, that high level program at Villanova under Jay Wright, you could tell that those professional habits were starting to like soak through in the way he was talking, but also what he said about how he wants to be a teammate. And what he said was, I just want to bring out the best in myself and bring out the best in my teammates as well. And he even said that after the first summer league game, he said, I just want to be the best version of myself. And that doesn't necessarily mean going and grabbing this many rebounds and putting up this many points. What stuck out to me, and we talked about his defense on the offensive end, I saw this translate in terms of the screens that he was setting because that connection that he was able to create with Teo Maladone most of those were on pick and pops. And so it takes two to make that, that, that pick and pop work. It takes tail using the screen, getting downhill and drawing a lot of attention, but it also means setting a solid screen at the top of the key to free up tail to get that space. So knowing that, you know, setting a solid screen might not get you any points, but it's going to make the play go well. That's something in the back of my head that I'm thinking, okay, this guy knows how to do the little things out there on the floor. With more and more big men trying to bail out of the screen to either pop or roll quickly to the rim, it's nice to see a guy that knows how to make some contact. Exactly. And he's got the frame to do it, right? He's six foot nine, 230 pounds. He's got that solid frame, but he can also move his feet really well as well. And he also has the ability, we, we've, we saw this in this game, where he could pop and take that shot or he can pop and put the ball on the deck and get past his defender. It was really cool. One that I highlighted in this feature was when he popped, he got the ball from Teo. He was matched up against Killian Hayes, who is a small, quick point guard for the Pistons. And he got past him. He used a shot fake. He used his feet. He got past him and finished the bucket. And so that's what we're starting to see from Jeremiah early on is his ability to make the right read, make the right play. I think fans are really going to gravitate towards him, not just because of his Midwestern roots being from <laughs> Kansas City, but he exhibits a lot of those qualities that Thunder fans appreciate in players. And Paris, you described them all so well in this feature. Yeah. And one other thing I wanted to point out was, you know, Jeremiah's selfless, selfless mentality. Yes. Jay Wright can be credited for a lot of that because that's just the program that he runs over there at Villanova, but also his parents and his family really poured into him and sacrificed a lot for him. Nick, in our conversation with him, how many times did he bring up his mom and how much that she sacrificed for him in order for him to reach his goals? And 
I mean, his father was a legendary player at Kansas, was a McDonald's All-American. So there were a lot of factors that went into Jeremiah's success and his upbringing and the mentality that he's bringing to this Thunder roster right now. And what did we find out about that number 50? It's an homage oh, yeah. to his father and his mother somehow, but also David Robinson, the Admiral. So there's a lot of things going on there. If he's half the defender that, the, that David Robinson was, the Thunder's got a good one. Another newcomer that we wanted to take, a time, take some time to talk about is Aaron Wiggins. And Nick, when I think Aaron Wiggins, I immediately think of the social media post where he is, all he's doing is screaming into his phone after he got drafted. That is the immediate thought that comes to my mind. You know, there are people whose personalities you can just tell are exactly how they're gonna play. And I feel like we just met Aaron Wiggins, but I feel like there's something there because he is all energy. He's bubbly. He's outgoing. He's excited. And on the floor, he just seemed to be kind of everywhere um, in that first preseason game. What I've seen from him at practice, he just, he's a very active player. And, and that's not just, you know, hunting the rim, trying to, to get downhill or, or knock down that mid-range jumper, but getting steals, getting rebounds. Um, just is, he's such a fluid athlete and seems to have such great body control and, and Paris, you've been working on another feature story that's coming out, uh, as well on, on Aaron Wiggins. So just share a little bit about what you've learned about him as a person, in addition to a basketball player. One thing, the biggest takeaway that I have from the Aaron Wiggins story is all of the different elements that have culminated to make what we see out there on the floor right now. You've got, he was a late bloomer in high school. He really didn't start to get a lot of college attention until he transferred his senior year to Wesleyan Christian, which Nick Gallo, you were familiar with being a North Carolina home state. Yeah, they were a rival. They were a rival of ours. <laughs> uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, the, as the years have slipped by, I realized there's no chance that any of us know any of the same people uh, that played in those, those rivalry games. Might be a little bit of a, yeah. a year yeah. difference there. <laughs> yeah, a couple, couple. Let's just say I wasn't a senior when he was a freshman. How about that? Not in yeah. this case. No, not, the, not this time. But he was in the same class as current Thunder player Jalen Horde, who is also on the summer league roster. Those two teamed up during their senior year. And that's when we start, that's when Aaron started to get that college attention. And so he signed with Maryland. He had a really solid career there, came off the bench, six man of the year, his sophomore season, helped them get to the second round of the NCAA tournament in his junior year, had a really, really strong junior year, especially kind of those last 12 games. He was averaging around 18 points per game. And that's when he decided to declare for the draft. And even then it wasn't easy, easy sailing, right? He started at the G League camp and then he was one of only a few players in that camp that got an invite to the NBA combine. So there were a lot of different, it was a little bit of a winding path for Aaron to get to just draft night in general. So I kind of understand the emotion, right? Whenever he's sitting there, he's like, I've had all of this that I've gone through over the past four years, really. And we're starting to get into the 50s, and I hear the Thunder have selected me at 55. Yes, I'm going to scream into my phone, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I just can't imagine what it must feel like for a guy there. You're in the middle of the 50s. You feel like, I've taken this big swing. I've decided to leave college. Uh, you know, I'm not going to have 
you know, eligibility to come back potentially. And yet you're in the fifties, you're not sure if you're going to get picked. And then that moment comes and your agent calls, or you see it across the screen, or you see the, the tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski or something, and you just lose it. And, and I'm sure that that is a moment that he will never forget. Uh, you know, what's funny is like Josh Giddy told me that he completely blacked out as soon as Adam Silver, the, the NBA commissioner said his name and he doesn't really remember walking across the stage or anything. Seems like Aaron Wiggins, he remembered every moment of, of that. I feel like he was tabbing every second just to be able to go back and relive that moment over and over again. But Nick, we, we've talked about kind of the personal side and like his path. I want to talk a little bit about what we see out there on the floor, the physical aspect of Aaron Wiggins and what he brings to the table. Obviously, he has tremendous size for his position. He's got that crazy wide 6'11 wingspan. He's six foot six. He's quick athletic he's got great footwork and we saw that in action during that first summer league game Nick I don't know if this is going to be the same for you but my favorite play it I feel like it's going to be the same one but my favorite play was he had the ball on the right wing attacked middle on Sadiq Bay hit a jump stop quick shot fake and then spun back kept Sadiq Bay on his back and without taking another dribble from the elbow mind you stretched and reached out for a scoop layup and that one showed me that he had incredible footwork but two that that 611 wingspan that it, that's going to come in handy and and Paris tell the people where he got that footwork from oh yes that he can credit that to dance classes because growing yeah. up he took ballet jazz hip-hop and tap thanks to his mother who wanted all of her kids to be well-rounded <laughs> well he certainly is and uh, a joy to talk to for sure and a joy to watch play on the floor. I mean, you just look at him, Paris, and he has an NBA body. He looks like the prototype of an NBA, an NBA wing player, just in terms of the size, the length, the leaping ability. He had one of the highest uh, verticals um, in the draft. And so uh, you, you got to look at all of those attributes and think, okay, with some more seasoning, with some more time, with, you know, some more tutelage, this is a guy who can hone and refine some of those skills and potentially have a role on an NBA team moving forward. And so um, it's just one game and I'm sure there are things that he's got to continue to work on. I know one thing that he's mentioned is, you know, being, being willing to move that range out a little bit further. Mm -hmm. We saw him knock down the mid range, but to be able to knock down three point shots and do that with some level of consistency, that's something that's on the table, but at this stage, there are so many things that these players are working on and wrapping their right. heads around. As you heard earlier in the Trey Mann interview, NBA defenses are completely different from college and high school defenses. And so all of that needs to be like down pat before you can even start thinking about anything else. So uh, for, for Aaron Wiggins, a guy who's he's going to earn playing time through the defensive end of the floor, uh, no matter what level he's at. Uh, there's a lot of things still on the, on the table for him to, to be picking up. But really encouraging early signs from him. And Gallo, you talked about the defenses being so different in this league. One thing that we heard from Coach Gibbs after that first summer league game was how quickly Aaron was able to pick up during training camp these, these concepts and these, these schemes defensively. And so you couple that athletic ability with the ability to kind of hone in on the cerebral side of, of defense. And that's really encouraging for a guy like Aaron as he tries to build his way into 
rotation and lineup and roster spots. So that's really encouraging to see all of that happening early on. And the other thing that having a kind of an NBA prototypical body does for you is it puts you in position to play more types of defense. So yeah. yes, he can play in coverages or he can switch. And when you're that size, when you're that uh, kind of profile, you have the ability to be on the floor more frequently based on what the team needs to do defensively from night to night. One of the biggest things is playability. And that starts with being versatile, being able to be in multiple different, different situations. And Aaron Wiggins, he's got that going for him at his size and his athleticism. I had a chance to, to talk to him after the Thunder Summer League practice earlier today, actually. So take a listen to the one-on-one -on -one that I got with him. Aaron, how's this feeling? You've got one game here at Summer League under your belt. And, and what's it been like for you being a part of an NBA organization? I mean, it's been awesome. I mean, especially being with Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, you know, from what I've heard, from the thing, the stories I've heard from, you know, just multiple, multiple people throughout the league, you know, it's the best organization to be a part of. So, uh, you know, being out here in Vegas, being able to wear Oklahoma City across my chest and, and having that one game under my belt, you know, I'm excited for the next couple games. Uh, and I'm, in, I'm enjoying it out here with the guys. So. Tell me about that performance. We saw the, the fancy footwork on display in addition to just some of the things that you're able to bring to the table, yeah. the steals, the getting out into the open floor and attacking downhill. Yeah. What did you like best about what you were able to do in game one? Uh, you know, I was just comfortable. I was able to get in and just kind of, you know, play my part uh, defensively, being in the right spots, being able to, you know, make the right reads, get steals, uh, you know, step up and, and help my teammates out on the defensive end when needed. And then offensively, you know, being able to space the floor, uh, you know, I think, a lot of people kind of have to respect me as a shooter. So, uh, you know, it, it helps open up driving lanes. It helps open up, you know, the ability to make plays for other teammates. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of comfortable playing, playing the way I can. And, uh, you know, I felt good. So I'm, I'm sure there's so much being thrown at you right now. What do you prioritize in terms of things that you're just trying to get better at right now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just being myself, you know, uh, just being a part of, you know, the great organization and, and not thinking that, you know, everything has to be about me uh, putting the team first and making sure that everybody's in you know, just a good position and everybody feels good about themselves. So, uh, you know, just kind of prioritizing, making sure basketball is, is that main focus, making sure I'm doing everything I can to perform on the court and uh, be a great person and teammate off. So. Some of the Thunder veterans are here practicing behind you right now. They were sitting in mass courtside the other day. Uh, what was that like for you all to look over and you see Shea Gildas Alexander and Mike Mescala and some of these guys? I mean, it was awesome just knowing that, you know, those guys are there to support. They're there to watch. They're there to kind of get a feel of everybody. And uh, I mean, it was awesome after the game being able to, you know, walk off the court and them guys, you know, shake, shake your hand and, and, you know, just introduce themselves, kind of meet them and stuff. Um, yeah, it was, it was fun to see them. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely think uh, it's it's more of a family oriented type of team here than it is, you know, just like teammates. So uh, it was it was awesome being able to sit sit there on the bench and, and see those guys across the court. What do you think it is about this experience that makes it a little bit more family oriented? What are some of the things that you all are maybe doing on a daily basis or or you learn during the, the lead up to this? Yeah, I think some of the things that the organization just emphasizes, you know, being together, uh, caring for one another. Um, making sure that we're, we're not being selfish and, and we're, uh, you know, kind of seen as a team. And, you know, we move as a team, do things as a team and, and, you know, communicate as a team. And I think those little things just make a difference and make it kind of more family oriented than just team wise. So. You got four games left here at Summer League. What are going to be some of your focuses on the floor? What did you like about your performance and what did you feel like? All right. Th these are some things that I can maybe control next time out. I mean, just continue to play uh, my best on defense. And, uh, you know, just, just play my part um, defensively. Like I said, being in the right spots is something that you can control. 
uh, offensively, just playing, you know, the way the way you're comfortable and uh, letting the game kind of come to you is something you can control. So, you know, just just making sure I'm doing the things that I can and, uh, you know, controlling what I can control. Last thing for you. I, I know you're staying here in the moment right here being at Summer League, but we're only a couple months away from training camp yeah. and really getting things rolling. What are you thinking about in terms of what you're going to be doing August, September in the buildup to the start of the 2021-22 season? I mean, just getting prepared. You know, uh, the best way to be prepared for any situation is to prepare, to, to practice, to, to, you know, get repetition in. So uh, I'll be in the gym just working out, lifting weights, um, you know, trying to stay in the best best shape possible so when training camp comes, you know, I'm ready to attack it and get better with the team. So thank you very much, Aaron. Congratulations on, on being here, getting drafted and starting your Thunder journey. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Well, the last time we saw the Thunder play, Lou Dort was sitting courtside wearing a Rob Edwards, Arizona State jersey to Sun Devil alumni, you know, showing some support. So you might want to tune in to the Thunder's next game to see what jersey Lou Dort may or may not be wearing. That next game is going to be on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central Time, and the Thunder will be going up against New Orleans. But for now, that is all for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to our producer. And until next time, Thunder up and catch you later.